Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. My assignment tonight is simply, the church be the church. The church be the church. Amen. We find in Matthew 16 and 13, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, our son of Jonah, for the flesh and for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Let the church be the church. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you today and we praise you, God, for this opportunity, Lord, to come and stand before your people and talk about, Lord, what you classify as your church. Lord, right now, will you bless God that this, this word to our hearts, help us, Lord, to share it in a way that will be clear and that will help the body of Christ do what we are called to do, and that is to be your church. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Take a moment, lift your hands, and praise God. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We've already felt your presence. We're so glad to be here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. My intent is to talk to you about where we have come from and also where we are going. Reiterating vision. Here at MPC, our vision statement is one that we don't just put as a statement, but we try to do. We're to bring hope and build lives as an authentic apostolic church. We want to bring hope and build lives as an authentic apostolic church. That's what we are. It's what we want to, to be and do as the child of God. Just what is a church? Jesus is the greatest teacher and preacher that ever walked the dusty trails of earth. He had a unique way of bringing truth into light by taking present events, by taking culture, 
by telling stories. We call them parables and, and, and using real things like the story of the, of the man the, that fell among the, the, the thieves and they stripped him and left him on the road there. It was a real story because he says a certain Samaritan. It's a real story. He takes a, a story from the headlines and he tells something that presents a truth. But he uses the culture of the day, he uses the philosophy of the day to bring to light kingdom ideas. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. I, want, I say that often, but I want to say it again. He did not come to establish a religion. He sure didn't come to establish a denomination. Though there may be organizations that help carry out the mission, no organization stands as the only way to heaven. He's got a church in all kinds of places. Amen. But he would use culture and he would use the surroundings mixed in so that his teaching would be made clear. He made his kingdom proclamation and uncovered its true meaning through these stories and likeness of a philosophy or a cultural situation. Jesus came to earth at the most pristine and precise moment of history. For we find that the culture of the Greeks had permeated the world, Alexander the Great and his Greek armies conquered the then-known world around 300 B.C. Alexander was passionate about uh, spreading Greek philosophy. He was very much influenced by Aristotle and influenced by the culture of the Greeks and the government of the Greeks. And, and everywhere he went, he would begin to establish the language of the Greek. He would establish the philosophy of the Greek, the culture of the Greek, and the government of the Greeks. We know that, that in this pursuit, it was called historically as the Hellenistic period of the ancient Greece. Rome later came along and conquered the, uh, the land and the world uh, and the governments uh, that Greece had set up, uh, but they didn't just expel them and, and put in Latin, but they kept the Greek culture, they kept the Greek language, they kept a lot of the Greek government styles of doing things. From Egypt, across Persia, even to India, the Greek language was the predominant language of that world. Amen. Never before had there been a time that one language was covering the majority of a world. So what it did is it prepared the way for evangelism. 300 years before Christ ever came, God had a plan to put the Greek uh, people in place so that there would be a unified language, that wherever you go, there would be some place that was talking and speaking the Greek language. Paul writes to the Galatians and he tells them that in the fullness of time, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of woman, made under the law. Jesus came to be at the right time, at the right place, 
for the world to have missionaries like Paul and like Peter and like others that would travel around the then known world like Thomas that is said to go to India and beyond. Amen. Jesus again did not come to start a religion but he came to start something and usher in something that would be a government from an invisible kingdom. He said, I will build my church. Can I tell you, God designed his church to be a marching, moving force, not a dead, a draw, a dull and dry experience of punching some kind of religious time clock, but rather it was to be a vibrant church. He said, I will build my church that will move forward. My church will expand. My church will grow. Can I say that they say that a lot of denominations are losing members and the church and Christianity is on the decline, then they haven't visited the right churches. They haven't gone to the right places because I believe that God's church is growing, moving, marching, impacting, and changing the world. He designed his church to prevail. He designed his church that he was going to build to overcome. He was going to have a church that's marching and moving under his authority and under his power. He never said anything other than this, that I'm going to give you power. Not that you're going to be ran over, but I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you authority to do what you need to do for my kingdom. He never intended for his church to be a stagnant, lukewarm, stuck in a rut, small thinking, and little bitty action. Amen. And no faith. It's not just meant to be a club. We're not a club. We're not a club. We're a church. We're a church. And Jesus said, I'll build my church. I'll construct my church. I'll edify my church. I'll strengthen my church. That's what the word build means. And the gates of hell shall not dominate, shall not win, shall not prevail. It may look like it's winning, but it's not ultimately going to win. The devil may look like that he's got a lot going for him, but I'm here to remind him and to remind us. I know the end of the movie. I know the end of the story. I know the end of this book that he is headed for a bottomless pit. Notice Jesus didn't say, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against me. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. My church. It is interesting when Jesus said church talking about what he was going to build, he did not use a Hebrew term. He did not use a term that would describe a Hebrew thought of temple or anything like that uh, that he was building. But he chose a word that every person in that culture would understand. For when he said, upon this rock, I'll build my ecclesia, my church. These Greeks that knew the Greek and those that were Hebrews that knew the Greek and those that were around would know what the word ecclesia meant. Amen. He said, I'll build my church. We often say that that means the called out ones, but it does. But that's an oversimplification of the definition of a church. Amen. For an ecclesia was a gathering of citizens called out 
from their homes into a public place to assemble and to conduct business. Ecclesia was an assembly of people that conveyed, amen, a council, if you please, to do the business of the town, to do the business of the country or the nation. Ecclesia was in common use several hundred years before Christ. Listen, he didn't start that term. That term was already there. He didn't begin the term called church. It was already there. It was several hundred years before Christ that this notion of ecclesia began to come out. Amen. Ecclesia was in common use. They had already heard that name. It was a well thought out word for we will find it in scripture you will find it in the book of Acts when Paul was in Ephesus and he was preaching and they got mad at him and they had a riot and then the leaders of Ephesus said we need to have a local assembly what they were saying was that we need to have a church we need to come together and we need to decide this we need to come together and we need to do the town's business we need to come together and so they had an ecclesia a local assembly ecclesia from two greek words ek and klesi meaning out of and a calling was used among the Greeks as a, as a call to the citizens to come and gather to take care of the affairs of the state. The church was called to assemble and transact business. Amen. It's in a very interesting, according to a Greek scholar by the name of Zodilates, he said, Ek was a common secular term for a congregation of people those called out to assemble in the public fairs of a free state, a body of free citizens called together to herald, amen, by a herald, rather. They were called together by a herald. The Greek word is kurux, amen. The kurux was the town herald. It was the one that would come out and begin to call everybody, let's come and gather. Everybody come in. The kurux would go around town as the herald or the town crier. Amen. Do you know what that word is used in the New Testament? That word is found as preacher. Preacher. There is a preacher. So Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church. They automatically understood. That means that he's got to have a group of people that has a herald, that has a preacher, that will call them and say, come and gather. Let's come get in and let's take care of the business of this kingdom. He said, this will be my kingdom. This is the way that I'm going to operate things. Can you thank the Lord for a church? Can you thank the Lord for a preacher? The kurux is the Greek term describing an imperial herald, proclaimer, if you please, who made public proclamations for kings, magistrates, princes, and military commanders. In classic Greek, the word was used of a public servant of supreme power, both in peace and in war, who summoned the town gathering, which is the ecclesia. You know what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 and 5? And he said, there is only one God. Somebody say one God. There's only one authority. 
There's only one authority, and there's only one that mediates between the visible and invisible, and that is the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And then he says, wherefore, I am ordained a preacher. That is that word, kurux. I am the herald. I am calling. When Paul went out on a missionary trips, he went to start a church, not build a building, not start with a structure, but he started with people. He said, this is my church. Can I tell you, this building can fall down. They may lock the doors, but I want you to know, God said, I'll still have a church. Praise the Lord. Even the parking lot saying amen. William Barclay writes about this word kurux in the Greek. He said it's a Greek word for herald. The herald was the man who brought a message direct from the king. The word tells us of certain characteristics of the preaching of Jesus. And these are characteristics that we should all do in preaching. The herald had in his voice a note of certainty. There was no doubt about his message. I like this. There was no doubt about his message. He did not come with paraphrases and maybes and probabilities. He came with a definite message. I want to tell you of your certainties. I have no doubts. This is coming from the king. Preaching ought to be a proclamation of certainty. There ought to be conviction in the preacher. There ought to be conviction in the pulpit. There ought to be a note of certainty. Hallelujah. Oh God, give us preachers and proclaimers that have a note of certainty. Then he says, Mr. Barclay says, he says the herald also had a voice with a note of authority. Because he's speaking for the king. It's not my kingdom. We're not here to build a kingdom unto man. Amen. But he said that he's speaking for the king. He was laying down and announcing the king's law and the king's commandment and the king's decisions. Woo! Can I tell you, I'm glad for the preachers today. I'm glad that we still believe in preaching. We still believe the proclaiming. We still believe that if there's a call, be here at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning because we're having church. That's when we gather in because there's going to be some preaching. We're going to have church at 6.30 on Sunday night. The call is, come on, let's gather in. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Why? We got kingdom work to do. We got prayers to pray. We've got word to get in our heart. We got souls to reach. We got people to see healed. We have got people that need to pray through and be baptized in the name of the Lord. We got people that need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're about kingdom business. We got a community that we want to help. Praise God. I appreciate you clapping, but sometimes I got to quit so I can keep on preaching. Y'all keep on clapping. But we got got a, a town that needs saved. We got a county, number one county of drugs, amen, besides up around Gary. Number one county, that's coming from your dad, by the way, uh, but it, it, is, it, is, it is interesting today that we could talk about having church and having a building. But that's not what Jesus intended. 
The model that Jesus built is nothing like the model of religion that people have made today and denominationalism and all the other things that that they've structured that if we don't have church like this and this and this, we'll never get it done. God can have a church under an oak tree. God can have a church down by the river, which he did. God can have a church in a basement. God can have a church in a garage. God can have a church at Walmart. God can have a church in prison. God can have a church anywhere he wants to. Because if there are some people that have come as being called by the king, come on. The herald has said, let's gather together. We got business to attend to. We got business to attend to. So at the beginning of the service, when I said in relationships, if there was issues with relationships, he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he said, if any of you will agree, we're not agreeing that we need a Chick-fil-A in Brownstown, though we do. We're not agreeing that we're going to get new Rolls Royces, which we do. We're not agreeing that our bank accounts are running over to maximum, which they need to be. But what we are agreeing about is that we're together, that our relationships are going to walk in harmony with Christ. There's not going to be a division. There's not going to be a schism. There's not going to be clubs and cliques. Amen. There's not going to be thoughts of we are the only ones, but we're going to simply say we're going to come together. And when we do that, Jesus said, I will be there. I will be there. I'll be there if you'll do my kingdom business. Take some time and love the Lord with me. Hallelujah. The herald gave a message of certainty. No wonder we we identify with the words of Paul when he says, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who's going to prepare himself to battle? The herald had a voice with a note of authority. And the herald also came with a source beyond himself. Preaching, proclaiming the word of God, prophesying comes from a source beyond just studying it out, beyond just getting an idea. Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. There's a calling upon us. There's a calling upon your pastor. There's a calling upon those that operate as a herald that says, let's come together. Let's come together. Then there is another word that Paul uses in his remarks to Timothy when he says, wherefore I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. He said, I'm an apostle. Let me clarify something before I go into the next segment of this message. There's a difference between foundation apostles and mission apostles. Foundation apostles have been there, they're done. They've done their job, they laid the foundation. Our job is to build on that. But there there is such a thing as mission apostles that go out on a mission. We call ourselves apostolic, it's where we get the word apostle or being like the apostles. The word apostles is is apostolos in the Greek. 
It means from and sent forth. From and sent forth. It speaks of one that is sent forth by another, often with a special commission, to represent another and to accomplish his works. It can be a delegate, a commissioner, an ambassador, sent out on a mission, or orders given by the king and the authority of one who sent him. In secular Greek, the word apostle is a picture in, in the description of a cargo ship that was often called apostolic. The cargo ship was called apostolic because it was sent out with a specified shipment to accomplish a specified mission. So when we say we're apostolic, we dare not think we're a denomination or we're part of an organization, so that makes us apostolic. What makes us apostolic is that we are the ecclesia that has been called out. We have the heralds and the proclaimers, but we ought to be on a mission for the kingdom of God. And so when we work in the church, whatever you do, whatever you signed up on I Love My Church forms, whatever you get involved with in the church, it ought to be something that says, I'm carrying a very special call. I'm carrying a very special mission. God is calling me and God is calling. God is calling some of you right now. He's setting you up. You think your life is in turmoil right now, but he's setting you up for a ministry this year. He's setting you up for something powerful this year. Amen. There is a cargo in some of your life that God wants to take, and he wants to move it in the mission. Don't forget that you are apostolic because you have a great cargo and a mission. To deliver it. In the ancient world, an apostle was the personal representative of the king, functioning as an ambassador under the king's authority. I have, I have no qualms in saying that our dear bishop is a mission apostle. 58 countries. For how many years? 40-something books. How many Bible colleges has he started with his books and his material? Well, he's got that gift. Well, what about me? What about you? You got something in your cargo. And you're just letting it sit there. It will spoil and rot and stink if you don't get it to the mission. You got to get it to the mission. You got to get, folks, we're living in the last days. We do not have a lot of time to waste. We need to get busy about the kingdom. It may be that, 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 that we've got to do something to expedite some things. And heaven help your pastor know the word of the Lord that says, go, 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 go. Amen. Apostles, we, brothers and sisters, are the ecclesia. We have an apostolic message and an apostolic mission. We have preachers that proclaim the word, come. Let's come together. Let's come together with a word from the king. Amen. Mr. Barclay went on to say, he says, in essence, the church, the ecclesia, is a body of people 
not so much assembling because they have chosen to come together, but assembling because God has called them to himself. Not so much assembling to share their own thoughts and opinions, but assembling to hear his voice. Can I tell you, we have got things wrong in the way we do church through the years. The church looks different. How we do it may look different, but we still got to come together. We've got to come together. We've got to come together because tonight we're going to do some things in the kingdom that are very important. Tonight we're going to have God use us and we're going to come together and we're going to have leaders that come together. Okay, what, what can we do to help our community? And Lord, give us the right kind of things to do to help our community, to reach the lost. What can we do to take the live stream to a new place of reaching the lost? And what, what can we do? How can we be a vessel that is carrying a cargo that we get to the right place? I'm going to ask you, I have more to preach, but I'm going to ask you to stand and just simply say, I want to be apostolic. Hallelujah. I want to be apostolic. Not in the conventional term that I'm apostolic and just fitting into a name, but I want to be a part of the church that gathers together and says, how can we get this mission out? How can we get this mission out? How can we get this out? Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for that. How can we get this mission out? How can we grow? How can we get better? Amen. We want to be the church. Let the church be the church. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.